We've got the latest on Louisville restaurants, plus a big healthcare investment. And we might work in a little UofL basketball talk too. All that's next on the Access Louisville podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Michael L. Jones. How are you doing? Laurel Deppen. Hi, everybody. And Jason Thomas. What it is. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week, we bring you the latest news, plus plenty of shop opinions on what's going on here in Louisville, Kentucky. Hopefully we sound okay today um, because the ice storm that's coming in uh, when we recorded this uh, on, on February 3rd, uh, you know, I'm not at the mic at work. I'm, I'm recording from home. So hopefully we're sounding okay. Um, and uh, you know, I think we got a good show. Hopefully everybody, uh, this will distract you if the ice storm does get bad, you know, something to, something to take your mind off of it. Um, so just to start here, we're going to start talking about uh, some restaurant news. Michael, you've been following several stories out there. So I want to start with the latest with Limbo and Riot Cafe. What's going on with those? Well, uh, Olivia Griffin, uh, the owner of both of those restaurants, she went on the Facebook Tuesday and basically asked for help from the public saying, we need you to come downtown. And she said, you know, there were a lot of programs in the beginning of the pandemic to -hmm. help restaurants and other small businesses, but all those have ended, you know, (laughs) they assumed everybody was going back to normal. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, all her loans and everything ran out and people still aren't going downtown. There's still people, you know, doing the hybrid work thing. And so uh, she's just one of many uh, independent restaurants that are struggling right now. Mm -hmm. And January is always a tough month for the industry, right? And she gave a little insight in that too. Oh, yeah, because, you know, the holidays are always the the big time for the restaurant industry. Everybody's going out. And so there's a drop off in January Mm -hmm. because, you know, everybody's broke and and, uh, they have their New Year's resolutions to lose weight. So they don't (laughs) have this much. But she said her business has dropped off 50 percent. And she has a, a lot of overhead because not only does she have the two restaurants, but she has a hat um, a store, the Mysterious Rack, in the same building. And her landlords never gave her reduced rent. Mm-hmm. So uh, she's been paying regular rent throughout this. And she was able to do it by taking out loans, but she can't take out any more loans Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and she's like pared down as much as she can. Yeah. She sounded like she was pretty determined to stay open. Um, but uh, she said she, she felt like she's already kind of uh, brought, brought things down as much as she yeah. could. And like, they're not even doing fresh uh, uh, food anymore. They're doing more to go type stuff and they don't have as much staff. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so wishing her good luck and, and all of the restaurant owners out there. I know I used to cover restaurants quite a bit and always heard that January was tough. Uh, and I know it's, it's gotta be even worse now with the pandemic and and with the Omicron variant, uh, 
surging up. That's that's kept me out of restaurants. I hadn't been going as much in the last month or so, but uh, hopefully things. Ice storms don't help either. Yeah, ice storms don't help. <laughs> Winter so. weather. Can can it be spring already, man? Come on. Yeah, I know. Well, I like I'm like usually don't hate winter, but uh, for some reason this year I'm just like, ah, oh, get out of here. Like, <laughs> I am too. I think people's patience have just worn thin with the pandemic yeah, like, and everything. Yeah. Is like, let's move it yeah. on here. Yeah, it's, uh, at least January is over anyway. Yeah, true. All right. So let's see. A little happier news here. we got something new down in Fern Creek. What's this all about? Uh, well, you know, uh, Melt 502 is a hip hop themed uh, grilled cheese restaurant, but it's not really new. It's been around since 2020. Uh, but the owners, uh, they're, they're pretty young. They're 28 and 29 now. And they had a food truck and they tried to do a physical location in Linden a few years ago, but um, they, they didn't budget well. <laughs> and yeah. so um, um, this was before the pandemic. And so then the pandemic hit and they couldn't, no one was going to restaurants anyway. So they went back to the food truck and they, they sort of reassessed and they went, they got some uh, coaching uh, in uh, from like the SBA, and they ended up getting thirty five thousand dollar investment from Rendle, Render Capital, mm-hmm. and so um, they reopened uh, last week, and um, they seem to be doing well. Uh, they they want to start like a hip hop hard rock cafe, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so they have a stage, they have graffiti, it's covered, uh, there's albums and CD covers everywhere. Nice. Yeah, this sounds awesome. I love the idea, and um, I love how, like, genuine they were in the story, uh, you know, where they're talking about, I can't remember the exact numbers, but they said they, they were, like, looking at the Linden location, and they thought it would cost them ten thousand dollars to re- renovate it, and it was two hundred thousand. Yeah, <laughs> like, so they were just like being so honest about you know how they. Uh, yeah, so they knew they had to find a place with a finished kitchen. And yeah, exactly. yeah, so they couldn't put their own kitchen in. They had yeah. to find a place that already had a kitchen. And, you know, I also love how they pointed out that Louisville was kind of a hotbed for hip hop artists. You know, with Harlow mm-hmm. and. Bryson Tiller and all these guys. Yes. So I, yes. I kind of, I didn't really think about that. I'm like, yeah. 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 I hadn't thought about that either. And Louisville's always had a cool music scene. So yeah, it really has. <clears throat> um, let's see here. All right. So th- that's a good one to check out. And uh, we also got some guacamole news um, this week. Uh, let me see. I'll just, uh, I'll look at the, the story we had up here. Shay wrote the story. He's not on the show today, but uh, looks like they are opening um, their new location in New Lou on February 22nd. So this one's um, getting a lot of buzz, man. People are really excited about. Guacamole yeah, it, it looks so Lou. cool. I'm yeah. looking at the renderings and, you know, it, it's got a, it's got a very. We were talking early, earlier about how anything to do with Mexican restaurants are doing well. You <laughs> right. know, when I talk to people, you know, we had. Barry's cheesesteak also, they went to social media for help. But if it's a Mexican uh, brand, it's packed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, uh, and we talked about on a, a previous show that if you're running a family business, which a lot of Mexican restaurants are family businesses, uh, it's a lot easier to keep staff than if you're not running a family business and you're relying on other people because you can definitely like pressure your family into working, <laughs> which you probably aren't as able to do when you're when you don't have family working in your restaurant. So, yeah. Uh, so the uh, guacamole that is run by Ole Restaurant Group. Uh Sort of a family business. Uh, there's a there's a, you know uh, that's Fernando Martinez and his uh, cousin, uh, and and there's some other family in there. As yeah, well. his wife and his mom yeah. are also involved. Yeah. In so, uh, but the, but that franchise, or I don't want to call it a franchise, but that operation, that enterprise is so big. I'm sure they have plenty of non-family working in that too. So. <laughs> yeah, I once sat down and looked at all the different franchises that he had started. He, he like will start brand like he did muscle and burgers, mm-hmm. um, the Havana Rumba. You know, he he's uh, done like a lot of different things. And before I think he, it's like maybe 16 different restaurants. He's open. yeah, he really had like a luchador. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking maybe he wakes up at night with restaurant concept ideas. And they're all um, pretty awesome, man. They're steak and bourbon, good. also his. And oh, uh, there, yeah. there's my uh, oh, yeah. annual mention of steak and bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to check that place out. I've heard so many good things. About yeah. It. <clears throat> Still, yeah, um, it's. Yeah, I hadn't been there in a while, but it's uh, it's probably still pretty good. Uh, the, his cousin is Yanyo Martinez, um, and he's the chef of the restaurant of this new of the new guacamole. So, uh, so yeah, some some good restaurant news there. You know, we always talk about restaurant news on this show. That's our that's our because uh, we like to eat. Yeah, because we like to eat exactly. It's almost like. like conversational thing to talk about you know <laughs> i posted one of our most recent taco joint stories on linkedin and kind of asked the question like what's your what's your favorite place to grab a taco and a lot of people were touting the agave and rye that i have yet to go to so the, um, there's a lot of options out there yeah there's I, I uh i didn't get tacos there um i got a chicken sandwich so i can't really say if it's good for tacos or not how was the chicken sandwich <laughs> The chicken sandwich was pretty good. I mean, it's not like a phenomenal chicken sandwich because there's so many good options out there, but it was good. Yeah. Chicken sandwiches also, um, I think, are as popular as tacos these days. I mean, there's just a lot of great chicken sandwiches. The hot chicken. Got to get the hot chicken these days. Yeah. We could go on and on. <laughs> um, hey, our readers most- love this kind of stuff. They eat it up in the, literally online, you know. These are some of our best stories, right? People yeah. love them. We should just turn this into a restaurant podcast. <laughs> But but not this week because we're going to talk about healthcare and basketball too. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about healthcare first. Take, eat our vegetables first here, um, and then we'll uh, and then we'll switch over to basketball. Oh gosh, I hope you can't hear my dog barking in the background. Someone's at the door, I think. Um, let's see here. Confluent Health had some big news, uh, Laurel. So uh, you know, tell us about this big investment that they're making. How much is it, and how many jobs are they adding? Yeah, so this is a pretty significant expansion. Um, the investment is $10 million, um, and it's going to create 350 jobs. And for scale, Confluent currently employs 123 people in Louisville. So that's pretty significant. Um, and they um, are going to move their headquarters to accommodate all of this growth. Right now, they're out in the East End to you know give you some restaurant landmarks by um, Wild Eggs and mm-hmm. uh, I believe it's Fiesta time you know to get thanks, back thanks to for speaking our language with the right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um it's all about the 
Mexican restaurants. But anyway, back to Confluent. Um, <laughs> so they're going to double their size. So the facility that they're looking at is going to be 36,000 square feet, um, pretty significant. Um, and this this company saw a lot of growth in um, 2021. They um, had a total of 15 acquisitions um, from coast to coast, which is mm -hmm. pretty pretty insane, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a, a lot of action taking place there. There goes the dog again. I hope that's not coming through on the podcast. I think that the dog is just really excited about Confluent Health. <laughs> I think so. I think she's, she's a real fan of uh, healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> All right, puppy, you can calm down. All right, I'm going to give this a minute. <laughs> we'll oh, I'm sure you can hear my kids running upstairs. Hey, this is this is life right now. What's uh, What's your dog's name? Aria. She's named after the Game of Thrones character. She's um, she was she's really timid, so we thought we'd give her like a real badass girl name and so we like aria she'll be like she'll be like aria in game of thrones but she's totally not she's still timid and scared of everything but doesn't sound like it she's got a very strong voice oh yeah it's tough bark it's tough bark all right uh this is yeah that's like jason said it's what you get when you're working at home <laughs> so um let's see so uh laurel uh when does the work start on the uh on that project is it said that start starting pretty soon right Starting pretty soon. They didn't give an exact date, um, but I believe we'll see it in the summertime. All right. And uh, what does uh, Confluent do? You mentioned they were uh, growing and they're, they're a Kentucky grown company too. Yes, they are. They're based here in Louisville. Um, and despite their like massive presence, a lot of people haven't really heard of Confluent because what they do is they acquire physical therapy practices um, and those practices retain their name um, mm -hmm. and, and kind of the ownership and the structure. But what Confluent does is they provide sort of like the back end, um, mm -hmm. you know, support and HR and finance for all of these companies. Yeah. So you don't hear the brand name as much, but uh, definitely have the infrastructure there. Mm -hmm. yeah. My right. wife's a physical therapist, so she works for a company like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, she's been acquired by but They own the results. And um, oh. I think their original company's upstream. Yeah. Nice. Well, uh, we'll switch gears here. Now, we're a little late on this story. Uh, we had the, the show with uh, Jeremiah Chapman last week, uh, an interview we had done, and uh, didn't get to talk about Chris Mack. But, uh, Laurel, you covered the big news on Chris Mack and his, uh, his departure from the University of Louisville. Uh, what was that like for you? You know, it's always always fun to cover those big stories, right? Yeah, it is really fun to cover those big stories. But, you know, there's so much anticipation. You know, you get to UofL and every other media outlet brings like six people. And then I'm just me. <laughs> uh, and everyone's so, so excited. And then the mm -hmm. meeting starts and then they immediately go into executive session and <laughs> wait. And so it's like, <laughs> right, it's 100 to zero, like instantly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and you know, they were in executive session for, I believe, 96 minutes. Um, and another reporter said something really funny. They were like, 96 minutes, just like a good romantic comedy. <laughs> um, Rom-com with UofL. Right, exactly. With Chris Mack, it'd be a very sad rom-com, I guess, the departure. Or like Breakout. fake attraction. <laughs> <laughs> more like two weeks notice. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh god, we're terrible. This is a great analogy. <laughs> right, right. All right. So, uh, Laura, are you a college basketball fan? Was it uh, you know special for you in that way? Well, you know, my take on sports is I will go to any sports game as long as it's live because live sports games mean ice cream and beer <laughs> and good fellowship. So that's why I'm a sports fan. Um, so I, I'm not super into L basketball, um, but it's fun to learn about because people care about it. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of happy that he left, but I feel like I haven't had... Um, Really, I, I never identified with Chris Mack. And uh, when I've read the stories about him leaving, uh, his second season was COVID, you know? So yeah. most of his tenure was <laughs> in COVID, but the whole scandal just left a bad taste in, in everyone's mouth. And maybe if he had been around longer. Yeah. I think... Uh... I think David dropped off here, uh, had yeah. some internet issues maybe, but we can continue the conversation because yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. But like, I mean, that's a great point, Michael. He did inherit a really tough situation with the with the sanctions looming, then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had a couple of pretty good seasons in there, and they probably would have made the NCAA tournament at least once, you know. And then, I don't know, it's instant gratification these days with sports fans. They want to see winning, especially with a tradition like L. So it's not a big shock you know, that he was let go. But also we have to kind of throw it to our editor, Shay Van Hoy, you know, a couple of podcasts ago during our predictions, he predicted that Chris Mack would be fired or be gone before uh, football coach Scott Satterfield, which, you know, uh, he kind of went out on limb with that one, but pretty good turns out. Yet here we are. And I think what's so crazy about this whole situation is so there are so many interim positions at UofL right now, like the president position, the athletic director, and now the head basketball coach. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy. And you uh, recently wrote about that, Laurel. How about you? Just Yeah. Can you just kind of recap where we're at with the president and the AD search? Yeah. So um, put you on the they, spot here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let me rack my brain. Um, no, I mean, the so interim president Lori Gonzalez talked about the search for the interim athletic director um, and they they wanted to hire an athletic director before a president, mainly because, you know, the public is more interested in that. Um, but you know, a lot of people expressed some concern over that because, you know, how are you going to hire an athletic director if they're not going to know who their boss is going to be? So it'll be interesting to see how they proceed with both of those things. Um, but for right now, they're just in the research process, trying to figure out, um, you know, hiring firms for both of these individuals. Um, but as far as the basketball head coach goes, the interim athletic director, Josh Hurd is going to, um, commence that search. Gotcha. Any uh, predictions out there? Who it's going to be? Oh, I've got one, but it's the obvious I, one. I think it's the Payne obvious one. The, the leading candidate. What's that, Michael? Kenny Payne. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I was going to say. Here as the leading candidate. Sounds like it's kind of a almost a done deal. He's a former U of L player, obviously. Uh, the crazy thing about that, though, he coached for rival UK for several years. You know, he's an, a mm-hmm. Knicks assistant coach in the NBA right now. But yeah, he's certainly getting a lot of the buzz for for the next uh, coach. 
I think a lot, the Patino coming, it drove away a lot of the old uh, Denny Crumb players. Yeah. They, they didn't feel as uh, much a part of the program. And mm-hmm. so Payne might be a candidate who could um, get the fold back together. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say earlier, it seems like as soon as we joined the ACC, everything started <laughs> Falling apart. Right. Real old school, you know. Yeah. We joined the big boys and um yeah. Things start going crazy. Another name I'm hearing a lot is uh the Bellerman coach, Scott Davenport, you know, Louisville guy. A lot of people talk about him being able to bring some stability, at least in the short term, maybe if they look more long-term for somebody. So he has a great reputation. So I don't know. Time will tell. We'll see on these things. Yeah. As long as we have these NCAA violations hanging over our head, (laughs) it's going to be hard for us to really uh, get some kind of stability. Yeah, exactly. And you can tell me you have thing because I say we. <laughs> it's all right. You can show your bias. But you're a U of L grad, right? Uh, well, I I went to U of L. I'm one Latin class for my history degree. There you oh, go. okay. Oh, man. So, so if I ever get that urge to go back and, and study Latin, you know, you're a cardinal though, so yeah. I think it's it's okay to say we. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I uh, I lost internet there, but it sounds like you guys kept rolling. Yeah. So, pros, yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that makes All me right. wonder, like, if, because you were the host and you were recording, I wonder if it stopped when you lost your internet. I'm wondering, too. I guess we'll we'll wrap it up and find out if this all kept going. So all right, <laughs> rock on. Oh, yeah. um, that was a good conversation, regardless. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it did. this has happened once before, and I think it did keep going. So, uh, uh, and one time way back in the early days of the podcast, we did the show, and something happened with the recording, and we had to re-record the whole show. Which I hope that never happens again. But, <laughs> um, Especially because everybody's on a time crunch. Plus, do, how long are we going to have lights? You know, I mean, is the power staying on? So, right. um, so anyway, all right. Well, we'll go ahead and uh, if if we got through the segment there, we'll go ahead and wrap things up. Um, before we go, we can uh, go around the room here and share um, our social media handles where people can find us on social. Um, Laurel, I'm going to start with you on this one. All right. I'm on Twitter at BFLU Laurel. I'm also on LinkedIn, Laurel Deppin, spelled the way that you think it is. All right. <laughs> and Michael, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at BFLU Michael. And I'm on Facebook under my name and on Instagram as Bluesound2000. All right. Jason, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Scoop Thomas and LinkedIn under my name, Jason Thomas. All right. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter under the name dman3001. You can also find me on, under my own name on LinkedIn, uh, just under David Mann. If you like this podcast, you can find it on popular podcast services, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Oh, yeah. And we just launched a new podcast, by the way. So if you like 
to listen to me talk and uh, and and Haley Cawthon, uh, a regular on our show here. We've launched a new podcast called The Cornfield Catalyst. It's me and Haley interviewing um, people who invest in middle American, like companies in middle America. Uh, so there's like venture capitalists and, and private equity types that are, uh, instead of putting their money into the coastal startups, they're putting their money into uh, startups here in the Midwest. So uh, check that out if you get a chance. It's also on the same services. And I think it's got the same uh, author as this show, which is Louisville Business First. Um Anyway, thank you guys very much. And uh, thank you for allowing me to plug my new show there. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate uh, appreciate you hanging on while I was having the internet trouble there. Uh, so thanks a lot, guys. And thank you guys for listening at home. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. See y'all.